and welcome to this week's episode of The Knowing Heart. So the title of this week's lecture is The Mysticism of You. Now, let's start as always with the modern day issue. So the modern day issue that we're going to extrapolate and learn from this uh, mystical teaching is the quintessential question. The quintessential question to the foundation of our life, our mission, and our destiny is, who am I? To not know who am I is, to, is not to know what makes me happy or fulfilled. For both happiness and fulfillment can only be truly and sustainably achieved when we are being no one else but who we are individually are. Only when we fully actualize who we are do we experience a serenity. But Alice, we weren't born with that type of birth certificate telling us who we essentially are. Instead, we are quickly taught who others want us to be, together with a total confusion of the difference between doing and being. Truth be said, the reason why who am I is so confusing is because the human being, unlike any other creature, is the ultimate compilation of everything. Hence, our, our sages teach us, Rabbi Eliezer, the son of Rabbi Yosef Aglili would say, now you have seen that everything the Holy Blessed be one, the Blessed One, created in His world, He created also in the human being. As in the quote, the human is a microcosm, microcosm of the macroscopic world. We are spiritually, physical, intellectual, emotional, abstract and practical. And these are just the tip of the iceberg of what we are compiled of. At some point we are prompt to ask if this onion even has a core or is it just made up of layers and layers. And whatever the core is, it is the source of every detail of our layers. And hence, who am I? needs to be felt through every one of our layers and each of our layers need to be acknowledged, actualized, and satiated if we are to experience happiness, fulfillment, and serenity at all. In other words, our core being wears but one hat and this is the only hat that each and every layer of our personality and responsibility needs to be wearing. For in whatever situation we are, we must be no one but ourselves. Hence, who am I? This lecture is based upon a mimer of the Rebbe of Blessed Memory on this Shabbat in 1969 in which the Rebbe explores the secrets to Jacob's blessing to Judah, in which he says, Judah, you, your brothers, will acknowledge you. Okay, let's get into the introductions. 
In this week's Torah portion, we learn of Jacob's blessings to his children before he passes away. Judah's blessing begins with, Judah, you, your brothers will acknowledge you. Your hand will be on the nape of your enemies. Now, this verse arouses a couple of questions. One, why the extra you of Judah, you, your brothers will acknowledge, which we don't find in any of Jacob's blessings to any of his other sons. He doesn't say Reuven, you, Shimon, you, Levi, you, only by Judah. This question becomes even stronger since in Hebrew we have the suffix cha, the final letter chaf, which means you. And right after the words Judah, you, the verse goes on to say your brothers, achicha, and will acknowledge you, yaducha. So we're already talking in the direct to Judah. Why the extra word you? Question number two. Why is the blessing that your hand will be on the nape of your enemies? If the napes of the enemies are facing you, this means that they are running away. As the verse states, and I will make all your enemies turn their napes to you. And nevertheless, the blessing here is that even though the enemies are running away from you, nevertheless, your hand will be on the nape of your enemies. Why? Next introduction, the Alter Rebbe. This coming week, Friday, January 8th, 2021, is the 24th day of the Jewish calendar month of Tevet, which is the Yom Hilula, which means the day of passing, the day of the ascent of the soul. It's, it's a respectful way to say passing when we speak about a, a tzaddik of Rabbi Shneer Zalman of Liadi, known as the Alter Rebbe, in the year 5573, which in the secular calendar is the year 1812. Therefore, before the Rebbe goes on to explain the emphasis and deeper meaning of the you by Judah, the Rebbe makes reference to the teaching of the Alter Rebbe on this verse explaining the three older brothers of Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. So as you know, that Judah was son number four. And the deeper meaning of the emphasis, you. Now, this explains the what it means when they will acknowledge you, meaning that we're talking specifically of the novelty of the older three brothers acknowledging Judah, not the younger brothers, which would obviously acknowledge their older brother. Now, let us honor the reference the Rebbe makes by briefly explaining what the Alta Rebbe explains here. Reuven. Reuven was named so by Leah because of, I quote you the verse in Genesis, because the Lord has seen my affliction. The name Reuven is made up of Reu, see, Ben, son. Hence, in Kabbalah and Hasidus, Reuven represents the service of seeing God, which is the study, concentration, and meditation of God's closeness to us. Seeing mystically represents seeing that which is close, nearby. 
which gives birth to the emotion of loving God. This represents the first portion of the Shema in which we are commanded to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Now let's talk about what this second son, Shimon, represents. Shimon was named by Leah because of, and again I quote to you the verse, since the Lord has heard that I am hated. The name Shimon is from the root word Shema, to hear. Hence, in Kabbalah and Hasidus, Shimon represents the service of hearing God, which is the study, concentration, and meditation of how we are so distant and not before God. Hearing mystically represents hearing that which is distant, not so close, which gives birth to the emotion of fearing God. This represents the second portion of Shema in which we are warned, take care lest your heart be lured away and you turn astray and worship alien gods and bow down to them for then the Lord's wrath will flare up against you. So we're talking here of fear. Then there's the third son, Levi. Levi was named because of, again I quote the verse, Now this time my husband will be attached to me, for I have borne him three sons. The name Levi is from the root Loveh, which means attached. Hence in Kabbalah and Hasidus, Levi represents the service of Torah study. Torah study mystically represents the deepest attachment we can have with God, which gives birth to the attachment of God, Torah study. This represents the portion after the Shema, which begins with truth and certain. Truth is the Torah. Then, now that we explain the older three brothers, let's talk about Judah. Judah was called so by Leah because of, and again, I quote you the verse, this time I will thank the Lord. The name Yehuda is from the word Odeh, which means gratitude and acknowledgement. Hence, in Kabbalah and Hasidish, Judah represents the service of gratitude and acknowledgement. Simple, simply speaking, gratitude and acknowledgement mystically represents the deepest self-nullification and humility, which gives birth to total humility to God. This represents the Amida prayer, in which we stand before God with our feet together and pray in silence, humility, self-nullification. Now, let's understand what the verse is saying, that your brothers, your older brothers, will acknowledge you, Judah. Now, even though the service of love, fear, and attachment, Reuben, Shimon, Levi, are very exalted services and levels of being and come before Judah, hence they're his older brothers, nevertheless, there is a virtue to Judah's service of humility, of simple acknowledgement to the unperceivable essence of God that transcends and connects higher than all the previous services. And hence, Jacob tells Judah, your brothers will acknowledge you. Okay? So even the older brothers that have an intellectual and emotional connection to God, 
Nevertheless, the highest of all connections is that of humility, self-nullification, acknowledgement, gratitude. And hence, Jacob tells Judah that even your older brothers will acknowledge you. Okay, now let us begin the lecture. As always, I will first list the mystical concepts that we're going to talk about, and then we'll explain each one in brief, and then we'll wrap it up with the practical lesson of our modern-day life. So, number one, you and he. Number two, you, three levels of revelation. Number three, bringing it down. Number four, elevating older brothers. And then, excuse me, number five, dry obedience. And let the amazement of Hasidus begin. So let's start with the you and he. In our prayers, as well as in verses, we find that sometimes we speak to God in second person, as in, blessed are you, Baruch Atah. And sometimes in third person, as in, blessed who said, and the world came into being. Blessed is he, Baruch She'amar Bahaya Ha'olam, Baruch Hu, who in Hebrew is he. While one may simply say that this is just different styles of narrative, however, in Kabbalah and in Hasidus, everything in Torah and in Judaism is precise. And hence, there is a precise difference in what we are saying when we refer to God in second person, you, or in third person, he. When we speak to God in second person, we are speaking of a state of revelation. And therefore, we are talking directly in second person. You, blessed are you. We are, while even, well, when we speak to God in third person, we are speaking to a state of concealment or of that which is beyond revelation. And hence, the indirect third person narrative of he. Okay, now let's talk about you, three levels of revelation. Concerning the second person language of you being a state of revelation, the Zohar states, and I quote you the Zohar, there are three places, meaning levels, emanations, that are each called you. Okay, and these three places are explained to be the number one emanation of kingship, number two emanation of kindness, and number three, emanation of wisdom. So these three emanations are all about revelation. Let's see. What this means is that of the ten emanations, these three are the three that make up the process of revelation among the emanations to the lower emanations and to the lower worlds. While all emanations experience themselves, not all emanations are programmed to reveal to others. I guess we can say that some emanations are introverts, while these three are extroverts. In truth, the evolution chain of the emanations in which the latter emanation evolves from the previous emanation, so every emanation has the revelation process, or there could be from it no evolution to the next emanation, logically. However, how this works is precisely because each of the emanations are a microcosm compilation 
of all the ten emanations, which means that each individual emanation has within it the emanation of wisdom, kindness, and kingship. So, what that means is that each emanation has three levels. There is the head, which receives from the emanation above it, the center, its own emanation, and the end, which is the transmission of this emanation to the lower emanation. Hence, it is precisely the microcosm emanation of kingship within each individual emanation that elicits the revelation of that emanation to the next emanation. It's all about the kingship. Nevertheless, the process of revelation among the emanations are wisdom, which is the first of the emanation and begins the process of linear revelation from the circular elusiveness. And then there is kindness, which is the first of the emotion emanations, which is the emanation of love from which all revelations come. And then there is kingship, which is the primary process of revelation to the lower worlds. Let's explain this. Hence we find the verse says, for you are, your fa are our father, father's emanation of wisdom, and you are a priest, the Kohen, forever because of the speech of Malki Tzedek. Now Malki Tzedek literally means Malki King Tzedek Righteous. So in Kabbalah and Hasidus, the Kohen is the representation of kindness, and of course, Malki Tzedek represents kingship. And we find in this verse that to each of these three, wisdom, father, Kohen, kindness, Malki Tzedek, kingship, it says the word you because they are all the process of revelation from the infinite to the finite, from the intellect to the emotions, and from the emotions to the lower realm. Let us now explain how these three emanations of revelation work and how the primary emanation of revelation is kingship. As explained earlier, the emanation of wisdom is the first emanation which begins all of revelation from the circular elusive light. So first we have the circular encompassing elusive light. Now, we need to bring from that circular encompassing elusive light, we need to bring it down to permeate us in the linear permeating internal light. Wisdom is the first of the linear. Hence, it is the revelation. Its job is to draw into revelation from the elusive to the linear revealed. Now, sorry, kingship is the emanation that gathers in all the previous nine emanations to reveal this to the lower world. However, it is the revelation of kindness that draws all the nine emanations into the gatherer, which is kingship. Hence, the emanation of kingship is called the day that goes, I'm sorry, the emanation of kindness, love, is called the day, which means illumination, it means um, emanation, that goes with all days, all the other nine 
illuminations and, and emanations, for it is specifically kindness, love, that goes, it draws all the other emanations into kingship. So we have wisdom bringing it from the circular, abstract, elusive, into the realm of the linear, the world of Atsilut, and then the kindness, the emanation of kindness, draws all of them into the gatherer, the cup, which is called kingship, and kingship, as we're about to see, brings it down into the lower worlds. Now, let's talk about bringing it down. Now, to understand the job of kingship, we're going to have to learn the Kabbalah secrets to a verse in Genesis. Now, in Genesis, it says, And a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it separated and became four heads. Okay? What's the Kabbalah of this verse? Eden refers to the infinite circular light. It's, you can't get it. It's elusive. From which flows a river, which is the linear light, into the garden, which is the world of divinity and unity called Atzilut. However, from there it separates and becomes the four heads, which refers to the worlds of separation, called Bria, creation, Yitzira, formation, and Asiya, action, physical. What this simply means is that in the world of divinity, where the ten emanations are found, there is a total transparency and humility and hence an absolute consciousness of God. However, when it says from there it separates and becomes, this means that there begins the opaqueness, the separation and arrogance, which blocks any consciousness of God. Hence, the job is to bring the light of the ten emanations of the world of unity, the Garden of Eden, into the worlds of separation. And this is done by the emanation of kingship. As we are taught, that kingship of Atsilut, the world of divinity, descends and becomes the crown to Bria, the world of separation. And now we know why in Judah's blessing, Jacob adds the word you. For Judah is the emanation of kingship, the Davidic dynasty is from the tribe of Judah. And the job of kingship is revelation, ultimate revelation from the world of divinity into our world of separation. Hence the word you, Yehuda, you, revelation. Let's go to the next point, elevating older brothers. So as we said, Judah is number four. And then Judah go, Jacob goes to say, Judah, you, your brothers will acknowledge you. The brothers here refers to Judah's oldest brothers, as we explained, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, that even though they are older and their service of love, fear, and attachment is higher than Judah of drawing revelation into the lower worlds, nevertheless, they, the higher brothers, will acknowledge you, Judah. Why will the older, higher brothers acknowledge their younger brother, Judah? 
This is because it is specifically through the humility of descending and drawing light into the lower worlds of separation that brings an elevation into the world of divinity and even into its highest emanation and revelation, which is the emanation of wisdom. So somehow, we're going to need to understand this, but specifically because Judah's humility is willing to descend and teach and imbue the lower worlds, he brings even higher revelation into the higher world. Why? The Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya, in chapter 36, that, and I'm going to quote to you a paragraph from this chapter in Tanya. Clearly the purpose of the chain of evolution of the worlds and their descent degree by degree is not for the sake of the higher worlds, because for them this is a descent from the light of his blessed countenance. But the ultimate purpose of creation is this lowest world, physical. For such was his blessed will that, she, that he shall have satisfaction when the sitra achra, which means the other side, the dark side, the impurity, is subdued and the darkness is turned to light, so that the divine light of the blessed Ein Sof, infinite one, shall shine forth in the place of the darkness and sitra achra throughout the world, all the more strongly and intensely with the excellence of light emerging from darkness. Then its expulsions in the, full, in the higher worlds, it shines into the higher worlds where it shines only through garments and in concealment of their countenance, which, which screen and conceal the light of the blessed Ain Sof. Okay, what did we just read here? This is a paragraph of Tanya. What we're saying is that in the descent of spirituality, cannot be the ultimate purpose for that is a degradation it is a descent it is going out lower from the countenance so therefore the real ultimate purpose of it all is this physical world because in this physical world there exists the dark side that doesn't exist in the spiritual worlds now being that there's darkness here Hence, God's greatest pleasure, which he chose, is that we should subdue and transform the darkness into light because that light is the ultimate pleasure, the essence of God. Hence, through the descent into the lower worlds of separation, other side, arrogance, there is where we can connect and draw the shine of the greatest light of all, the light that comes from darkness. Hence, Judah will bring unprecedented light into the world of divinity in which Ruuvain, Shimon, and Levi, love, fear, and attachment exist. Okay, let's go further. Hence, it is through the lower worlds causing the illumination of and receiving the countenance of the infinite one, the essence of God, above and beyond just the infinite light of God, that this then draws greater light into the entire chain of evolution, spirituality, 
including the world of divinity and its highest emanation of wisdom. Hence, Judah's older brothers, who were the higher emanations of the world of divinity, will acknowledge Judah kingship, for it is only through Judah's humble descent and revelation in the, into the worlds of separation that the lower worlds are inspired and empowered, getting us to do our service of, quote, when the Sitra Akhra, other side impurities, is subdued and the darkness is turned to light. We can only do that thanks to Judah, who has the humility to descend from the higher world into the lower world to help us. Okay, last concept, try obedience. Then Jacob goes on to say, right after he says, Judah, you, your brothers will acknowledge you, he says, your hand will be on the nape of your enemies. Now, what does this mean? The enemies represent the other side, which are the darkness, impurity, and evil. And we just learned from the quote in Tanya, it is not the feeling of the, it is not the fleeing of the other side that causes the light to God and causes the shine of the countenance of God, but rather it specifically is the, I quote again, when the Sitra Akhra is subdued and the darkness is turned into light, that we cause a great delight and shine of the countenance of God. This work of subduing and transforming of the other side and darkness into light is not accomplished through introspective service of loving God, hearing God, and Torah study, but rather through the extroversive service of descent and engagement through humility and obedience to God of Judah. That's what Judah is all about. Kingship, obedience, gratitude, acknowledgement, humility. This is the meaning of Jacob's words. Your hand will be on the nape of your enemies. For the mystical service of nape, which is the back, where there's no illumination, in contrast to the face, where there is the front illumination, the service of love, fear, and Torah study. So nape is the backside. There is no illumination. Is the service of dry obedience. The realm of Judah, kingship, which built upon, which built upon the subject's obedience to the king, which mandates a humility and obedience to God. And with this, we will understand the deeper meaning of why specifically by Judah's blessing that Jacob says, you, the ultimate deeper mystical definition of the word you is that it is referring to the ultimate essence of God beyond any levels of divinity. Names of God, of gods represent levels of God, vessels, lights. You represents the essence. This you essence of God is found in the simplicity and humility of the Jew when he humbly says Baruch Hashem, blessed be God. Now it is prime, it, it, the, the you, the blessed be God, who are we talking to when we say Baruch Hashem? Who is this Hashem? What the Maimonides says, it is a, it, it, 
is a primary being which brought into being all existence, all the beings of the heavens, the earth, and what is in between them came into existence only from the truth of his being, and God, your Lord, is true. That's what it says in Jeremiah. He alone is true, and no other entity possesses truth that compares to his truth. This is what is meant by the Torah statement, there is nothing else aside from him. Aside from him, there is no true existence like his. That's what Maimonides says. When we say Baruch Hashem, we're not talking to the infinite light, the finite light, the encompassing light, the name of God. Rather, we're talking to God himself. Ask a child what he or she means when they say Baruch Hashem. They'll tell you we mean thank God. What do you mean God? We mean God. No revelations, no emanations. We mean God. Now, this is the ultimate atta, you. And the simplicity of the Jews' humility and obedience to God comes from the essence of his soul of which it is said, a Jew neither wants nor is able to be sundered from godliness. So ultimately, the dry obedience of the Jew is coming from the essence soul of the Jew, which connects not to the names of God, not to the emanations of God, but simply with sincerity, Baruch Hashem, blessed are you, you God. The ultimate revelation of the ultimate you essence of God will be when Mashiach comes, and there will be the, and I quote, until Shiloh comes and to him will gather the nations. Not just run away but, or be just subdued, but rather a full transformation. Everyone will gather to Mashiach to be connected and conscious of God. This is the hand on the nape for the total transformation. Not good enough that their nape is facing us and they're running away. We need them, every single human being, every single creature, everything, to be connected with the you of God when Mashiach comes. In closing, the true you. In closing, we can now return to our opening question of who am I and what is my purpose? Yes, it is true that there is the richer introspective self in our higher experience of love, awe, and attachment. However, the true serenity and contentment of self can only be experienced when we embrace the entirety of our self, which includes, and primarily so, our need to be extroversive, engaging with the society and world around us, and to do so not just when the feeling is there, but sometimes even with the simple dry obedience of the essence of our soul. Thank you.